Sunday, January the 22nd. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. God is good. Simon, thank you for that prayer. That was quite a prayer. Today I'm going to speak from my heart. I, I, I try to speak from my heart all the time, but I'm really going to speak from my heart today. Is that good? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, you know I walk about, so if you're new, if, if I haven't met you yet, I'm Harold, who walks about when he speaks. So many people in Burlington are used to that, so... Yes, thank you. I'm sure you'll help me with the slides later on. And indeed, we do honor both of you, Simon and Kerry. Thank you for the friendship we share in Christ. Yes, my wife and I, our lives have been made better since our friendship deepened. We've known each other for over 20 years, but since the friendship deepened, we know that we've been changed as a result. So thank you for the friendship. And uh, others that were building friendships with Simon... I know some of you way back, Margaret. We've, we've known you many, many years back, Jonathan and Co. I, I can I can go through a number of names, but we're all in this together. Let's say it together, please. We're all in this together. Say like you mean it. Give somebody a high five. Tell, tell them we're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. Came with, came with James. James is, is somebody that I've been discipling. So... He will help me later on demonstrate something. Okay. James, are you there? Yes. I'm going to need you in soon. Okay. So, thank you. Oh, it was beautiful reading, by the way. Yes, the young ladies are gone. Yes, so we're looking at Philippians chapter 1. What a passage. What a passage. So, I'm going to speak from five, about, with five C's. So, I'm going to talk about the context. So, maybe the next slide can come up. The title of my message is, For Me to Live is Christ and to Die is Gain. So maybe we could say that together. One, two, three, go, please. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we're going to look at it from five perspectives within the time we have. So I'm going to go five C's. So the next slide would just summarize what I'm going to say. So I'm going to talk about the context, the chains, the courage, the conflict, and the conclusion. So, the context is that the Apostle Paul is in prison. He's in prison. He's not a free man in the sense that he can't go wherever he likes, but he's free on the inside. And he writes from prison to the Philippian believers. He says to the, to the congregation, to the people, to the leaders, he said, the, the overseers and the deacons. And this letter was widely read later on. But Paul is writing from this place and he's talking about his, his, how he values their partnership in the gospel, their fellowship, the koinonia, the Bible calls it, the Greek word, the fellowship, the, the close association that they share in love. 
He really cherishes that. Because in prison, it was not only God's grace that kept him and his love, but the people's love kept him as well. So it's out of this place that he's writing. And he then talks about the things he's experiencing. So, the context is the first 11 verses. Then we go to the chain. The chain. The chains. I, I, I have with me a bike chain here. And that would help me demonstrate that point. So, James, can I ask you to come and help me, please? Give it up for James when he comes, as he comes. <laughs> Can I have another volunteer, please? Come and stand with James. So I can put both of you in the stocks. Yes. You, do you mind? Please. Thank you. Yes. Give it up for him for me, please. Yeah. Right. So, both of you. So, you are the prison guard. And this is Paul. Paul the Apostle. Because... Paul was tied to prison guard. And they were the elite prison guards. So, put your feet. They're locked. Okay. <laughs> we do have the keys. <laughs> okay. So, are you free? Not fully. Paul could not go wherever he liked because he was tied to a prison officer. Now, some of them taunted him. Others asked the question like, why are you in prison, Paul? And it's normal that you would ask why a person is in prison for. And Paul was well known. He was well known within the palace guards, within the palace and beyond, that this prisoner is in, this person is in prison because he loves Jesus. Because of the gospel, he is locked up. So out of that, the apostle Paul explains that the chains, albeit a restriction, was for his advancement. It advanced the gospel. Now that could be understood in two ways. You could either see it as because of his chains, the gospel spread out. Many were confident and shared the gospel. But another way, and commentators would say, the other way to see it is that he grew as a result of the chains. He grew in his own walk with the Lord. And sometimes, what are the lessons we learn from that? Because the truth is, chains represent a lot of things. And as I continue, you would see, the chains would represent, for the, for the, for the prisoner, this tells you that you are not a free person. <coughs> so you've got the physical chains, but you've got mental chains as well. And the intention of the chains was not just to keep the prisoner locked physically, 
but to restrict them mentally and to break their courage and their confidence. Are we together? Chains represent so many things. And it was to put fear in people, in, to put terror in them, so that they'll be afraid and submit themselves to the regime. So the Apostle Paul is saying that I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that it, it has happened to actually serve to advance the, the gospel. He has matured as a result. No wonder he could say things like, all things work together for good. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things, including the negative, the painful, the challenging. I wonder what change would look like for you and I. What are you, what's restricting you? What is, because the, the chains represent fear. It could represent the things that lock us. The things that seek to restrict us. And I pray today, anybody, whatever you're experiencing, whatever the chains are, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, that you will know freedom in the name of Jesus. Because the truth is, we all have an area that the enemy restricts us. And God wants us to walk in greater degrees of freedom. But if the enemy imposes a chain upon your life, Paul, for the Apostle Paul, he made sure that he didn't let the chains restrict him. He made sure that even it, even the chains worked together for him to know the Lord better. There is a pain you've been through. There's something you went through in the past. There's something you've experienced that could be considered as a restriction. It will break everybody else. But however, if you allow the grace of God to work in you, you and I would be able to use chains to advance in our walk with God. Whatever the pain is, whatever the barrier is, whatever the things you might have experienced, God can use that for his glory and for the advancement. You would mature in Christ and the gospel of Jesus would also go forward. People will see you and they will see the difference. Because even in the midst of the storm, even you're still in the storm, but the peace of God can sustain you. Somebody give the Lord a clap of Whatever, what, whatever handicap you might have experienced, God can use that for his glory. Whatever test we might have experienced, a testimony can come out of that. Whatever you've been through, whatever pit you've been in, it can become your song. Perspective really matters. For some people, the chain is what defines them. But Paul will not allow the chains to restrict him or to define him. He would allow it to cause his roots to go deeper into the love of God, that his confidence would be in God. The gospel is worth living for. The gospel is worth sacrificing for. The gospel is worth suffering for. The gospel is worth dying for. That was the perspective of the Apostle Paul. The chains meant, were meant to restrict him, but his soul, his spirit, could not be restricted. If you've experienced pain, disappointment, heartache, I pray for you now, in the name of Jesus. Even if the enemy has come against you, 
come against your relationships, come against your health, come against your finances. I pray for you today. Just close your eyes for a second. In the name of Jesus, receive healing. In your emotions, somebody, the healing touch of Jesus is flowing right through you. Yes, receive. As we, as we heard about the cause, wholeheartedness. Holy Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are, you are healing somebody where it hurts most. Where the enemy has sought to restrict them and to break them and to destroy them. I thank you for your healing that is flowing in that area. Some of you, right from your childhood, things that happened, the Lord is bringing healing to you in the name of Jesus. Things that have affected your relationships ongoing, receive the touch of Jesus. Do you mind if we lift up our hands to him? Just say, Holy Spirit, just, just touch me. Do you mind? Let's just receive his healing touch. Receive his healing touch. The chains, may the chains that have caused us pain in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your healing. I thank you for your healing. I thank you for your healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The next point. So it's not only the... So outside the, after the chains, then he talks about courage. Thank you guys. I think I'll let you go. Thank you. I think you can take it off. Yes. It's big enough. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for them for me, please. Chains. Then he talks about courage. 18, verse 18b to verse 21. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. For I, will, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. When I read that over and over, I realized the Apostle Paul, albeit courageous, but he's honest as well. You know, when you've experienced something... And the enemy's strategy, coming back to the chains, has always been to restrict believers. So that our confidence in sharing the gospel is not strong. The church of Jesus has a message. We have a good news message. But often it's like we're lip tight. We're afraid. We don't have confidence to tell others that I follow Jesus. The fear of sharing the gospel is real. Why? Because we're afraid to be rejected. We're afraid to be ridiculed. I know what that fear is. And I'm sure almost all of us can re relate to it. Sometimes you know this is an opportunity to tell somebody. But you're afraid. Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? The fear of sharing the gospel freely. Mental fear. We've got it. Because the church could do better. All of us. Myself. I would consider myself more confident than 
than a number of people in sharing the gospel. But there are often times I would say to you, I don't because I'm afraid. I don't even sometimes know what I'm afraid of. So the Apostle Paul is saying, we need courage. We need courage for this to work. But he's also expressing that even for him it's possible that he will feel ashamed of Christ. So he's asking the church, pray for me. Pray for me that I will not be ashamed of Jesus. I will not be ashamed because of the chains that I've experienced. And if Paul will ask that prayer, I think we should be praying for one another, that we will not be ashamed of Jesus. Because there are situations, you are the only person in that, situ- in that place that would represent Christ well. And God trusts you. But we're ashamed. We're ashamed of Christ sometimes. We're ashamed sometimes because of our chains. Whatever the chains may look like, For you or for me, we're ashamed. That's why he says, I eagerly expect and hope to, that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will always have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my, what a, what a thing to desire. What a thing to desire. As I was preparing, I remembered Tortured for Christ. Any of you know, you've heard the book, or you've watched the, the Tortured for Christ. Any of you have, those of you who have heard of Tortured for Christ, or read this, okay, a few of you. Wow. The brief is that in the, for, in the 40s, this was in Romania, communists, the, the Russians, took over Romania, and they, and they banned religion. And this servant of God, who used to be an atheist himself, came to Christ, amazing disciple of Jesus, now a Christian leader, a, mis- uh, uh, a minister. He stood for Christ. And although they wanted to squash Christianity, he stood up and said, we're going to serve Jesus. He and many others were in prison, and they were seriously tortured. Seriously, seriously, seriously tortured for believing in Jesus. Sometimes they would torture them to the point of breaking their will. And as I watched it again, I just wept. I wept because of the confidence and the courage they had in the face of persecution and pain. And they still loved Jesus. It was like, I won't recant. I won't denounce Christ. I won't. I won't turn back. And I wonder, Lord, what kind of disciples are we today? What would it take for some of us to live, to turn our backs on Christ? How deep is your conviction that what you've believed is really true? This Christ that we've come to know, this gospel that we've come to believe, how true is it to you? How much of it is a true conviction in your heart and my heart? I was asking myself, 
And I know we make sacrifices for the kingdom in various ways. And I'm not, believe me, what you sacrifice for the kingdom. I'm sure you do different ways, in your own way. But Paul is talking about the potential for us to be ashamed. Hence, we pray for one another that the power of the Holy Spirit will help us in our times of weakness. So he boasts in his weakness because he knows that it's only by the grace of God. Coming back to the story, and that represents still persecution happening in different parts of the world today. In spite of all that they, they went through, imprisonment, the beatings, the torture, real, real torture. And I sometimes ask myself, because one of the scenes, a person's son was, was murdered right in front of him. And he was saying, I would recant. I would recant. He couldn't stand. You know, it's one thing for you to be tortured. It's another thing for your child to be tortured in front of you. Are you with me? That's hard. That's tough. And I'm thinking, Lord, but his son was a disciple of Jesus. He said, Dad, no, 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 don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. That's why it's good to disciple people well. That we believe Christ well. The book of Ephesians tells us how Paul explains what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus, to note that you're chosen. You've responded to his invitation to be chosen. You've chosen to follow Jesus. He's adopted you into his family. And for the Apostle Paul, that was like, wow. He's lavished his love upon us. He's redeemed us. He's cleansed us by his blood. He, could, he saw it. No wonder he prays later. He says, I pray for you that your eyes will be open, that you can see it. Because if you can see the preciousness of your salvation, oh, you would know you're chosen, you're adopted, you've been adopted, you've been redeemed, you've been forgiven. You have a precious inheritance in Christ and was sealed in him. He prays that our eyes will be open, that we might see it, see who we are in him, see who he really is we might know him better. But when we get it, oh Holy Spirit, I pray. Let's pray. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Open my eyes to see more of who Jesus is. That I might fall in love with Jesus more. Can we just pray for 30 seconds? Everybody just pray, Lord, I want to fall in love with Jesus more. Holy Spirit, make the reality of Jesus, make the things of Jesus more real to me. Make the gospel more real to me. In the name of Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us as a people. Help us as your church to really grasp this. More than we have ever done. To grasp the reality of our salvation. That even today, as people are being killed, are being tortured for Christ, even today, they are still holding on to their faith because they have a real conviction that this is real. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Confidence in the gospel. Right. Got a few more minutes and I'll be done. The conflict in verse 22 to verse 26. He says, if 
I am to go on living in the body. This will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. Now verse 21 is a clincher. When he said, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Lord, I'll live for you. But if I have to die, so be it. And Simon, as I was praying this morning, I was Lord, what would the Lord ask me to do that I would find so inconvenient? And I don't quite like the cold too much. And I'm asking myself, what would the Lord ask of me that would be too much? That I would complain about. You never complain, I'm sure. But the Lord wants to give us a fresh love for him. That nothing is too much. Nothing. We count ourselves privileged to be in his family. Pain, challenges, we understand. It's part of the journey. It's difficult, but we trust him for healing. The conflict, he was torn. Should I go? Should I stay? He's even I'm even unsure. And I like that. I like the Bible for that. Paul is saying, I, I don't even know. I may be freed. I may not be freed. I'm uncertain. I want to live for God. I want to be alive so I can continue to serve. But I might be killed. There's no guarantee. But you know what? It's okay. There's a conflict in me. What do I do? Sometimes there's a conflict. What should I do? Lord, what are you asking me to do? I'm prepared. And I believe the Lord is asking us to just freshly surrender ourselves to him. So whatever it is, and there are some things the Lord will ask us to do and we're uncertain, but that's okay. It's okay to sometimes be uncertain and say, I'm not sure. But I choose to live for Christ. And if suffering comes, I'll embrace it too. I think there's a danger in having a Christianity that is void of the understanding of the theology of suffering for Christ. Because when challenges come, when government legislation and things, even in our own country, seeping in slowly, 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 making it harder for people to stand for what they believe and confidently declare it without repercussions. If we don't understand that standing for Jesus comes at a cost, when the stakes are high, many will desert the faith. We need to be strong in our resolve that this is worth living for. This is worth suffering for. This is worth dying for. And the truth is, when it comes, Grace will be available. Does it mean it will be easy? Maybe not. Maybe not. But that's what the Apostle Paul is teaching us here. That if we're going to see the gospel advance, if we're going to push the boundaries of the kingdom in Ipswich and beyond, there will be ridicule. And there will be those that will laugh at us. But there will be those who are also interested because the gospel advanced right through the palace. Many of the prisoners Many of the prison officers, 
came to faith. Wherever they were posted, they became disciples of Jesus all over the Roman Empire. Because they were with, with Paul, because they were stuck with Paul. If you're stuck with Paul, maybe he's just quoting scripture. He just he's just he's just full of it. He's in pain, but he's full of it. Wow, Lord, what a grace. What a grace. What a grace. And when I saw torture for Christ again, they're whipping them and they're quoting scripture. It's like that's grace. That's strength from on high. But they were in it together. The together is what kept them. They were in it together. They fought it together. They stood together. Burlington, stand together. Stand with your brother. Somebody is down. Go sit with them. Sit with them and say, I'm with you. I'll cry with you. Because that sense of being together helps us to fight stronger. Because even the strongest of people sometimes feels discouraged. But when you know somebody's standing with you, you make it. You make it. You'll make it. In conclusion, this is what he says. My conclusion, yeah, so 27 to 30. Whatever happens. Because he's uncertain. The conflict is within him. He's not sure. Am I gonna I'm gonna I might I might be killed. But I want to live for Christ. Whatever. But whatever happens, whether you see me again or not, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you, who put you in chains, and frighten you, Help us, Lord. I'm so humbled by the persecuted church and their resolve. I'm humbled by the person who's struggling but still standing in spite of. And some of you have been serving God but you have challenges. I encourage you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. In spite of your pain, don't give up.
in spite of the challenges, don't give up. Don't give up. Conduct yourselves. Sister Kerry, you can come up. In spite of everything, Christ says, stand to the end and stand together. Can I invite us to just, if it's, if it's okay with you, just either hold somebody's hand or put your hand around somebody's shoulder. Can we just pray for one another? Holy Spirit. Hold somebody's hand or put your hand on their shoulder gently. We're in this together. Just pray for your brother or your sister. Just pray for them. They will stand. They will stand. Can we pray for one another for a few seconds? Just pray. Just pray for them. I will stand. Whatever you're going through, you stand strong for Jesus. You stand strong for Jesus. That we will represent the gospel well. That we will know Jesus deeper. We will be fully convinced that this gospel is real. Jesus is, is worth living for. Jesus is worth sacrificing for. Jesus is worth suffering for. Jesus is worth dying for. He's worth it. He's worth it. And we're called to do this together. I see Burlington, wider community, was called to do this together as families, as friends, sisters, and brothers. Fight. Fight for the gospel. Fight for the gospel. It's worth it. Thank you for listening. God bless you.